whenever I get nervous up here, I always do. I always, it's always a comfort to me to see your smiling faces. So I just want to just want to say that. <clears throat> when I was in uh, when I was a freshman in high school, I was 14 years old. Uh, mom and dad's I've told the story before, I think, but mom and dad's family business went belly under, and belly up, and um, and so dad decided to go work in California while we stayed in Nebraska. So <clears throat> when I was 14 years old, dad said goodbye, and he left, and we from that point on, I saw him about once a month until you know until I went to college, and then of course I was you know gone anyway. And that was really, you know, I didn't handle, there were, I remember a lot of tearful goodbyes, but the first one was, was the worst. I, I have a vague memory of, you know, locking myself in the, in the bathroom and not wanting to, you know, I just was, it was very difficult. And um, so g- goodbyes, for some reason, the, the emotional dynamic of goodbyes grabs our attention, whether it's in movies or our own personal experiences. Um, <clears throat> and that's what got my attention of, of the, our passage that we'll be discussing this morning. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 38. If you want to turn there, we'll be, we're going to read it in just a bit. And this is, this is, this is about Paul's farewell to the Ephesian church when he was, he, was leaving, he was leaving to go to Jerusalem. And I'll give a little context here. Um, <clears throat> Paul, Ver, Paul Ver first went to Ephesus in his second missionary journey. You can read about that in Acts, 18, chap, or Acts chapter 18. But he just, he just visited there. He didn't stay there very long. But in the subsequent um, missionary journey, his third journey in Acts uh, chapter 19, he stayed there for, for three years. And uh, <clears throat> at the end of that journey, he, he left to go to Jerusalem. And this would be the, the, a transition from him maintaining churches in what is, in modern, in what is now modern-day Turkey, in, what, in Asia Minor, to a period where he was imprisoned for quite a long time until he, until he eventually was martyred in, in Rome. So at the end of this, he's saying goodbye, and, he, and, he's, and he's saying that he'll never see them again. So we're going to read the passage, and then after we're done, I'm, I'm going to tick off a few things I thought were important that I noticed from the passage, and then we'll sum up with the goodbye part of the, of, of the, of the passage. <clears throat> Verse 17. From, and pardon my pronunciation. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia how I was with you the whole time serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the, the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face, Therefore I testify 
to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from, and from among you, your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the people who were with me. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And they began to weep aloud, and they embraced Paul, and they repeatedly kissed him, grieving especially over the word which he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. <clears throat> when, when, I, when I was growing up in church, they always used to say, May God bless the reading of his word. I, I still remember that to this day, whenever they'd, whenever they'd read that. <clears throat> Some points I'd like to discuss. Um, uh, number one, when I read this, I kind of thought of this as, or it impressed upon me that it's kind of a living, Paul gives him his own living eulogy of a sort, where, you know, usually a, usually, a, a eulogy is given... To some, for somebody who's died and they, they cover his life and what, what he did and it's usually they cover the, all the good points and, um, and it's a summary and to me this is a summary this passage is a summary both of his in particular of his work in Ephesus but also of his entire ministry um, for the gospel he, uh, he emphasizes um, the fact that he didn't cost anybody anything when he was when he was uh, preaching to them, in other words, he avoided he avoided um, the uh, the appearance of, of of any conflicts of interest. He uh, he supported himself with his own work. He um, he is always defending himself. You almost can't read anything he ever wrote that he wasn't defending himself. And you know it makes it's clear that there were lots of people that were trying to smear him and and to discredit him. And uh, I just uh, I think it's important <clears throat> for us to to take from that that we need to always um, remember that our actions are being watched. Brad, you had mentioned at our last deacons meeting about how we were as Christians we were always being watched by people, and that's that's true that's true in general that we always pay attention to what our coworkers and our our friends and just even acquaintances even strangers on the street we're always watching what people do and. But for Christians, it's even more important because, because by the things we say or the beliefs that people know we maintain, if we don't walk consistently with them, then it's very easy to lower the, the hypocrite label on us. And so it's important for us as best we can to, to live according to what we really believe. And I think that's one of the things Paul was, you know, re, re, he felt the need to reemphasize this to people that already knew him well. And yet he still wanted to hammer this home. Um, 
Another thing I thought of was uh, about living our life according to our beliefs is how people watch and learn. I'm thinking of my own children. Um, you know, for example, how will they learn how to how to how to um, how to live with a with a future spouse? How will they treat their future spouse? Are they going to treat their husband, their future husband, or future wife, because I told them to to do X or Y or Z, or to read the and, or I've read them passages from the Bible and and they're going to do it? You know, they're going to honor their husband and their wives. They're also they're they're more importantly they're going to watch how Tanya and I treat each other over the years. And how consistently are we living up to that standard? You know, I think that's going to make the big difference um, when they get older. And it's, that's true of just about anything in our lives. People, we learn by watching and, and seeing even more than, than just by reading and, and, and listening to what some people say. So I think that's very important. I think, I think Paul thought that was very important. Point number two um, is that Paul warns uh, the leaders of the church of Ephesus about the church being subject to spiritual attack. In verses uh, uh, 28 through 31, he talks about wolves moving in. He talks about, about uh, the church being um, you know, in danger of, of uh, eroding even from the people that are, that are part of it. Um, something that I noticed that that's very similar to this is the way Peter in his last epistle before he was before he went on the eve of his own death he mentioned the very same things about false teachers and it's clear to me that both Paul and Peter were very concerned about um, the, the the not you know the spiritual lives of the people that they met but also and and and, and got to know and and shared the gospel with um, but they also had they had an investment in in people and in churches, and, and so they're not worried. On the eve of their death, they're not worried about who's going to inherit the farm when they're gone or, you know, fill in the blank. They're worried about people. They're worried about um, the thing that they invested their, their blood, sweat, and tears in, and, and that wasn't something of a physical nature. It was something of a spiritual nature. So for us, in, so for us today, you know, where, where everything around us seems to be so materialistic, you know, I find myself um, struggling against, you know, where do I put my thoughts and my desires and my emotional, where do I invest? Is it with, is it with things or with people? And I've always struggled with that. And I think most Americans do, if I could, if I could paint with a broad brush. And these are, then Paul and Peter are great examples of people who, they are, con- they are concerned about the investment they made in relationships, in, spir- in people's spiritual health. That that's what's really going to last. That relationships are what's going to last when this earth is, is finished. And in the end, that's what's going to be valued by God. And so that's kind of a, that's a good reminder to me and to us to, to uh, put our, put our, put our, invest our energy in those, in those things. In people. The last, the last uh, of the laundry list here about, uh, about the things that Paul is communicating before I get to the good, get to the goodbye stuff <clears throat> is I, I cabbage this out of just a single phrase in verse 24 where Paul talks about his ministry and he says it's the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus and it, it became clear to me that that Paul he accepts God's plan for his for his life 
you know, he was a captive from the day that he was blinded on the way to Damascus till the very end. He was faithful to do what God led him to do. And so it wasn't God's, I mean, it wasn't Paul's idea to give up his ministry in, in, in Asia Minor and from, from uh, shuttling back from church to church and, and hands-on discipling people. It wasn't his idea to give that all up and, and go to Jerusalem where he knew he'd be um, captured and, and imprisoned and eventually killed. But he was open to it, and he did it. And, and because he did that, and I don't think he could have known this at the time, but, but God used that in a way such that Paul had time while in prison to write some of the greatest books of the Bible. He had time, a lot of free time on his hands, to develop the, the rich theology which we now enjoy, and it's communicated to us through books like Romans and um, Ephesians, Philippians, and letters to, the, to Timothy. You know, these, I don't want to say that God couldn't have conveyed that in another way, but he chose to do it in the way uh, via Paul's imprisonment. And so the lesson for us is how, who are we to say what God has in mind for, for each of our plans? You know, we all want to script our own life according to how we think we want it to go or we, how we see it in our own minds. But, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that God has a plan which we can't really know about in, in the future, what it will look like. But only in hindsight, we can see how things are important and how, how they really matter for God's kingdom. So we need to hold on to our own plans a little loosely, and, and we need to be uh, careful to, to not rule out things that God might have us do. Um, and I, I just I think, that's a, I think Paul's a good example of, of, of who we can look to, who did, who, a person who did do that. My two points about saying goodbye are, are this. First one is uh, care enough to say goodbye, even though it's painful. Um, the way we say goodbye, or, it, or, or if we say goodbye or, or don't say goodbye, that says a lot about the relationships we have with the parties involved. Um, you know, a, a great example I can think of from our own church is when, if you remember when Marvin and Jackie DeGroff left, you know, they, um, an elder in our church. And, and, you know, I always, you know, we all looked up to, to Marvin as kind of the wise, uh, gray-haired, wonderful grandfather figure that he, that he was and is. And, um, of course, we were very disappointed when he left. But <clears throat> we, knew his, we knew his motives. He knew us. And we, uh, he, al- he allowed us to, to bless him as, as they went to, their, to where they were going. And, you know, because of that, because of that walking in the light, so to speak, we, we have fellowship with him today, and, and we have an ongoing relationship with him um, that, that we continue to enjoy. I, I just bumped in with, to him on the trail about uh, a couple weeks ago. I was riding my bicycle to work, and there was Marvin and Jackie. Uh, you know, he had his cane in hand, he, and they were walking on the trail, and it was just great to catch up with him. I hadn't talked to him in probably a year and maybe even longer. <clears throat> and you know, now I know that, uh, that he's planning to go to Scotland and they're going to hike in the highlands. And that's what I could, they were hiking on the trail to get in kind of in shape. And I told them about, you know, our, our little daughter on the way and how our kids were doing. And, you know, if, if they would have, 
that's all possible because because they maintain that that fellowship and that relationship through through the way they said goodbye and and, and the, the the integrity that they maintained through that process. You know, to 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 contrast that, there's there's other people that have left our church. And before I go any further, I'm not the the thought police or the morality police or anything like that. I don't want to be, but just as an observation. There's people that have been here and then that have then been a part of church that have decided to leave and they they were here every week and then they were here every other week and then they were here once a month and then we didn't see them anymore and we wondered what happened and and you know that's that's awkward and you know I don't know that their motivations were all uh, you know, were bad or anything. You know, maybe they just were kind of they wanted to avoid the pain of saying, "Hey, we're going to leave," or I don't know. But you know, there is a little weirdness when you're not regarded. It, it, you can't help but feel like you're not regarded highly enough to, at least, you know, invest the emotional um, energy to say goodbye. And even though that's hard to do, you know, the benefit is is that you know, if we see them in the store, there wouldn't be weirdness. You know between us, you know, whether as if they had said goodbye, like Marvin and Jackie, whatever, we could just pick up right where we left off. So you know, I want to encourage each of us, if, if we have to leave any, I'm not just talking about church, I'm talking about jobs or, you know, family life plans, careers, whatever, you know, take the time and the, invest the emotional payment or pain, whatever you want to call it, invest that to maintain a relationship for the future. Um, that leads me to my next point. Um, for Christians, uh, goodbye is not forever. You know, it's the converse of, you know, diamonds are forever. Goodbye is not forever. Um, if we, uh, you know, if we believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins, and if, if, uh, if we have the Lord Jesus in common with one another, we're going to see each other again in heaven. And there's not a lot of, really black and white, rock-solid, super-duper scripture to back that up. There's a little bit. Um, you know, David expected to see his son by Bathsheba again um, after he, you know, when they were both in the hereafter. And, and uh, but kind of emotionally, and, and I imagine that when I read about God making everything right in the end and drying every tear, I just in my own, again, this is not biblical, but this is in my own mind, I, I, I see reunions happening between people who had relationships on earth in the context of us worshiping God forever. And so, we, and, and aside from that, we have, um, we have in common, if we're Christians, we have Jesus Christ in common. You know, many, most of you guys, I didn't even know. I didn't know any of you guys. I was a Christian already. It's what brought us together in the first place. And, 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 and if we would part... That's what we'll still have together, and that's important. You know, a line from uh, from uh, from Shakespeare in Romeo and Juliet: "Parting is such sweet sorrow." You know that that in the in the play, that's that's two lovers who they're sad that they're parting, but they know they're going to see each other again, and that's so that's the sweet part, and um, and that's true for us too. That it doesn't have to be some awful thing. Um, it doesn't have to be some permanent thing. That's said well by a bit of commentary that I that I found on the internet. I couldn't even tell you who wrote it, but it's about the the end of this chapter, uh, and it goes like this. It says, 
It is good for friends when they part to part with prayer. Those who exhort and pray for one another may have many weeping seasons and painful separations, but they will meet before the throne of God to part no more. It was a comfort to all. This is speaking now specifically about Paul and the Ephesian elders. It was a comfort to all that the presence of Christ both went with him and stayed with them. And so that's, you know, gives a different you know, context to saying goodbye. It's not, it's not as bad as it could be, and, and for us it, it, it won't be. I'd like to close with uh, uh, the story of, uh, of Jonathan and David's friendship and their goodbye. Um, and the reason I love it is because of what happened afterwards. Uh, you can read about this in, in 1 Samuel chapter 18 and 20. We're not going to read it all, but I'm just going to do a quick summary. You know, they were the best of friends. Maybe the best friendship, you know, aside from the friendship that the Lord made with us, they're probably the best friends uh, that you can read about in the Bible. And, of course, that was torn apart when Saul had, was going after David. And, uh, and they had to say goodbye. They couldn't meet anymore because David was going to need to be on the run to save his own life. So they made a covenant with each other when they said goodbye that they would look after each other, each other's families. If whoever... You know, whatever happened, that, that they would look out for each other's families and that they would honor each other's remembrance. And so, uh, you know, in the, in the future, eventually David becomes king. Saul, uh, Saul and, and Jonathan had been killed in battle, and, and David remembers that covenant, and he, and he honors his, his friend Jonathan by, um, by looking up any of, of, of Saul's uh, relatives. And, and he, finds, he finds one. He finds Jonathan's son. I'm going to give this name a shot, Mephibosheth, and uh, <clears throat> we'll call him Meph. Meph is, <clears throat> you know, Meph is a guy, he, I see him, I kind of have a picture in my mind of this sort of castaway person, you know, he's crippled in his legs, he's from a discredited royal, ex-royal family line, and, um, and David's kindness to him is so neat because he seeks him out. He, he, he brings him in, you know, Meph is scared for his life. You know, back in the day, you didn't want anybody left over from the previous, the previous uh, royal line. You, that was a threat, you know, so, so Meph is pretty scared, but, but, but David really comforts him and draws him into his family and, and tells him about that just for the sake of his father, Jonathan, and their friendship, he's, he's going to be a part of his family. He's going to He's going to invite him to his table. He's going to uh, put on the king's clothes on him. He, and he's going to treat him like, a, like his own son and, and speak with him. Not just once in a while, but often. And I just love that, that commitment that David made to his friend Jonathan. And that, that all came about from, from the covenant they made with each other when they did say goodbye to each other. So David followed through with, with his... With, um, with the relationship that he had, he followed, he followed through with his commitment to his relationship with Jonathan. And that's just a great model. You know, we can do that. It, this is kind of dramatic, you know, and this is very, a, uh, a very um, uh, out there example. But, um, but for us, you know, if, if we would ever have to say goodbye, you know, it, it doesn't take long to call. It doesn't take long to write a letter of encouragement, you know, it doesn't take long to keep in touch, even if you do say goodbye. And, and I, just, I just love the commitment that, that David and Jonathan had with one another. 
I love the commitment that Paul had. He could have sailed right by in his ship on his way back to Rome, but he, ma- he made the effort to, to, to uh, make a stop, have the elders from Ephesus come over to where he was, and, and you know, just the emotional goodbye of that is very touching, and, and um, it, it, it puts a different spin on the sorrow that we often associate with saying goodbyes. So I'd just like to encourage every one of, one of us, and if we're ever faced with that, that we, that we can view um, the biblical way to say goodbye by keeping our word, by, by remembering that we have the Lord in common if we're Christians, and by just honoring the, and keeping going the relationship and the commitments with the person that we're saying, that we're parting with. So that's it. I'd like to pray for us now. Lord Jesus, thanks for preserving this, this, uh, this story. The story of Paul saying goodbye to the Ephesians. Paul's, just, Paul's such a great example to us in so many ways about a real authentic person who's, who's not in it for himself and he's not uh, a polished um, snake oil salesman, Lord. He's just a real person who, who, um, who we can identify with and who we can really emulate, Lord. And we know that you worked very powerfully through him. And we just it's just my prayer that, that you would work through me and, and everybody here in a similar fashion, that, that your Holy Spirit could... Um, could direct our path in the way and that we would the way that we should go and that we would be open to that. I also pray, Lord, that if that if in that journey that, that we are called to say goodbye to 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 someone, that we would do it in a way that that would honor you, that would preserve the the fellowship and relationship that we have with with the parties involved. And I'm just so thankful for your word and and the uh, the uh, guidance that it gives to us. In Jesus' name. Amen.